Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I like this one. It's like my favorite new kind of up and coming song. I mean, it's been around a while. I'm surprised because there's a lot of auto tune going on right now. This song kind of blew up on TikTok, and there's like this slowed down version that they use in TikTok. And when he does that, like, off the juice, coding got me tripping. It just slows down, and it sounds so cool. And it's affecting the way, because, like, when you're sipping on codeine, you're getting a little drowsy. It's such a great, great TikTok meme. Sipping on codeine. I remember a guy at university who, like, intentionally drank a bunch of codeine. He was so fucked up that night. Really? Yeah, it made me never want to do it. I what do you, like, how do you sip on codeine? Well, I bought, like, cough syrup. Cough it, was like, it was like, you know how uh, in movies you see people take out a flask and, like, take a swig? He was doing that. And, Sipping uh, on well, I mean syrup. Yeah, yeah. that's. Yeah. I mean, it's not like a shocker. People have been doing that for I years. Know. I just don't see it in my circle. So the guy was messed up. Oh my god! Yeah, he you got in a fight that night. Got beat up. You can't get um, cough syrup with codeine in Canada. I don't believe, but I think is readily accessible in the states, which mm. I think is why it's more popular down there. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, it, it, they've ruined it, is what they've done. They did that as well with... Um, Dristan, like nasal sprays. Well, like... Sudafed. Su- uh, Sudafedrin. <laughs> yeah. Sudafedrin is the active ingredient in a lot of uh, sinus medication. Mm. And a lot of the big names, because of the uh, meth epidemics in the United States, like NyQuil, for example, mm-hmm. took Sudafedrin out. You can still get it in some life brands. Yeah, some I know. Some knockoff brands. So you literally have to look for that if you want like the best medication for your sinuses. But they took it out uh, because people were using that uh, to create meth. My doctor literally recommended the life brand for me because when I fly, I get like crazy sinus headaches. And uh, he was like, just look for the life brand. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> for the pseudo, because you want the pseudofedrin. That's what you want. That's what you need. And for people who really need it strong, like when yeah. I do when I'm flying, I, I can't mess around with the stuff that doesn't have it in it. You don't realize that they do change up the chemical makeup of some of these drugs from time to time. I, I didn't realize there was a difference, and I didn't really know a lot about it until I was scuba diving in Mexico. Mm. And we got to know this uh, woman named Allison who ran a dive company. And we were going, um, we said we were in Canada and I think we were planning another trip to go down. And he, she's like, oh, you know, it'd be great is if uh, you could bring down some some like NyQuil that has pseudofedrin in it because she couldn't get it. And in when, Mexico? And when you dive and you have sinus issues, you can Ugh. have it can be very problematic. Yeah. Like you can't dive if you have sinus issues. So yeah. she relied on it for days where she was a little under the weather so she could can keep her business going. So my wife and I would bring down... Uh, like life brand, um, you know, Dayquil and Nyquil for her. Totally. 
Like yeah. literally, I've been told before I was getting on a plane, my doctor said, like, just so you know, you can totally like rupture an eardrum because of your sinuses. Like if your sinuses are bad enough and you go for a dive or you go, get on a plane, you can be in big, big trouble. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, give me the strong stuff. But so codeine, what does that look like if somebody's on codeine? Oh, they're just super fucked up. Wow. Like by yeah. fucked up, does well, that mean just, relaxed or does that? You said your body depends got how much you take, right? Like it's like anything. It's like saying, uh, "What's it like to watch someone who's on vodka?" Well, if they have crush a forty ounce bottle, they're going to be in the hospital. And codeine could be the same way. Have you ever taken a T three, Mora? Yes, that's codeine. Okay, gotcha. So, it's like taking any like uh, narcotic, sl- really, sleeping. right? Yeah, you kind of get a little drowsy, a little, ooh, yeah. Little yeah, woozy. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. you take too much of it, and then you're going to end up being like all super spaced out and like blackout, I would imagine, if you take enough of it. I don't know. How much codeine have you ingested in one uh, dose? Uh, not as much codeine as Oxycontin, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, codeine wouldn't get, that wouldn't satisfy a fix if you were looking for Oxy, right? That's two different classes. It's not going to do the same thing. No, no. Um, I mean, I've I've tried when I was in need. I mm. I tried, you know, because you can get like Tylenol one over the counter at any kind of like um, uh, Shoppers Drug Mart or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the amount of codeine in that is minuscule, which is why they can sell it without a prescription. So you end up taking like twenty of those. Oh, oh my god, god. that'll mess your liver up your... gets shot, and it does nothing for you. So yeah, um, yeah, no, no, I'm. It, it's it's like codeine wouldn't take somebody out of withdrawal. No, if they no. were uh, like addicted to opioids or anything like that. No, it's not the same. Yeah. Well, anyway, I, I've got to say, uh, when I saw the guy do it, I was like, that does not look like a good time to me. Yeah, it's the same thing when I saw a group of people doing acid. <laughs> they were just, they had these markers and they were writing on a res wall at university. It's like <laughs> scribbling, everyone's scribbling. I'm like, this looks awful. <laughs> I want no part of this crew, man. Yeah. This is not a good vibe in here. Yeah. And there was I, one guy that was like, just draw, man, just draw. Yeah, it made sense to them, I guess. Yeah. And the little trip they were on. I've never done acid. I would never want to do anything that could like have permanent damaging effects to your brain. Totally. People, you know, you hear about people who take acid and then they have these like crazy flashbacks years later. They do? Yeah, I think that can happen. I, I don't really... I just heard like you can sometimes not come back from an acid trip. Like you're just tripping for the rest of your life. Or you don't come back the same, maybe. That doesn't seem worth it to me. No. No, I th- I think if you want on if you want to go on the spiritual journey, you got to do uh, peyote or you got to go smoke like or drink ayahuasca. Ayahuasca yes. is that yeah. a, a similar effect uh, as acid is? Like what's the well? It's like a psycho a psychedelic in a way, right? You just your brain goes to different places. There, yeah, those are hallucinogens, just like acid is. But I, I, these are are natural compounds, right? They're not chemically induced. Like I, I don't exactly know what's in acid, mm. but I don't think it's uh, as safe as something like ayahuasca. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think you shit your pants less though on acid than you uh, do. That, that is true. That do is you true. shit your pants? Oh my god! You shit and puke at the I same time. I know you're yeah. puking. I didn't know you're, you're shitting and pooing and a diarrhea. And, and then, then you're supposed to get to a higher consciousness. And or then something. your brain's supposed to go on this journey. And it's a uh, you know some people swear by the journey that they've taken on that uh, you know trip. I know two people that have done it. And they are like, they said they came back a changed person. Yeah. And it was epic and they can't wait to do it again. And, you know, it's not necessarily like for, there's a lot of people who aren't avid drug users who might consider taking a trip like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, this stuff is like, it's like spiritual. It's, it's a spiritual it, purge at the same time as a physical one, I yeah, think. Nor- yeah. Normally you have a shaman, you know, somebody you've hired to take you on this journey. It's not like you meet Steve behind the uh, 7-Eleven and he like passes you an envelope with this powder. You go home and take on your own like that. <laughs> yeah. Most times people who go on an ayahuasca journey or a, take a peyote trip, they're with someone that tries to guide them along a path. My to girlfriend but, was, uh, you know, t- the barfing and the pooing is going to turn me off every time. Yeah. My girlfriend was in like a circle and it was like in a cup, the ayahuasca, and it was coming around to her and mm-hmm. everyone who took some of it, like would pass it to the next person and then immediately vomit. So you, it was like this thing coming towards you around the circle, and you're like, "Oh God, it's my turn! My turn's coming!" Like, but how does it? How do you go on a trip then if it, if you're vomiting it out almost instantaneously? I don't know. Like you think it's like clearing out your system of all of the toxins. Yeah, but wouldn't earthly. it need to be in your body for 20 minutes for it to absorb in your system in order to take that journey? The actual blend itself? Well, I mean, if I take a shot of booze and then I induce vomiting, I'm probably not going to feel the effects of that booze because it comes straight out. I don't remember exactly. Like, there, there, there's two ingredients in ayahuasca. There's, there's two sorts of plants. And Shaman figured out that if you blend these two plants together, it, it deact. One of the ingredients deactivates the acids in your stomach because if you just ingest the like the DMT naturally, your stomach acid will eat it up and nothing will happen to you. So it's this other plant that that's mixed with the DMT to create this ayahuasca brew that that suppresses that stomach acid. Oof. Somebody knows a lot about ayahuasca, <laughs> which allows which yeah. allows your blood your bloodstream to absorb absorb it. the DMT and, and get you right away. So I'm I'm not sure if it has to go through a digestive process. Uh. I, I'm not sure exactly, but um, yeah, that's I I don't I, that's why I think it just kind of like sets your system into shock once you have that overload of DMT into your bloodstream. How do you retain this? How do you like? I, how are you not a biologist or somebody <laughs> like I could never? My memory recall is garbage. And if I had strong memory recall, I think I'd be working in a career that I could really benefit from that skill set. You know what I mean? Like I'd be an epidemiologist (laughs) or I'd be like something where just having that memorization skill would come in handy. I mean, I'm I'm pretty good with it, but I don't I don't remember every single detail. Yeah, but the fact that you can just spew that out it was amazing. You, you work in radio, you know. It's not like you're an expert in that field. You just know a, these and little ha- tidbits. And then you play video games all day. So how do you find time to like learn these things? In between video games and before I go to bed, I spend it just watching. Different lectures, reading different documentaries, different historians or our archaeologists talking on podcasts about different things. Yeah. I'm just so fascinated with the world. There's so many fascinating things here on this planet, yes. like within human biology, how it all got here. And it's it's that thirst of knowledge of like just understanding what I am, who I am, how we all got here. How did this all become? You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time since you've gone super loud with the Bundes music. He's the professor. (laughs) And, you know, professors can sometimes be a little long-winded, can't they? It's so funny because, like, when we first started working with you, I I wasn't really, like, sure if this was just (laughs) stuff you were Googling as we were having the conversations, you know. Wasn't sure. But I've since, you know, well, it didn't take long to learn that this is stuff that just is there. It's in your brain. So yeah. do you think, uh, have you done the research on the, the ayahuasca because you think you might be up for it one day? 
I would love to. I yeah. would love to try it. Yeah, it's always been something I've been really interested in. I, I, Where do you go? Peru's the you big go to place. Peru. Peru for that. Place, yeah. yeah. You go into the forest for like two weeks or something, and you yeah. come out a different person. Uh, what I find interesting about it is a lot. M- like a lot of people who take it seem to to have very similar experiences and they all seem to meet this one kind of feminine spirit of the of the woods that that kind of guides them on this journey it's it's this common element within all of these people's stories and i i'm wondering like is it your mind just being opened up to you know a, a higher consciousness a different plane something that you can't normally see you know, with your two eyes, or is it something that, that is, it's a, like a chemical activity that's firing neurons in your brain that's creating this picture that's actually not real. It's just something that your brain is creating because of the chemical combination. I don't know. I'm really interested just to experience that. Yeah. I, I wonder what you'd be like if you came back, like if it would uh, cure some of your commitment issues and if it would like answer some of the questions you have about yourself and your place here sure that's another common thing that a lot of people say is it, it really makes you look at your life yeah and i think if people are at a crossroads in life maybe that's the time to do it so it can you know if you're if you're at that fork in the road you turn left you turn right and i kind of feel like you're in a little bit of that position He's you know with, a, your, a, with your friday night lady friend you know you you're in a relationship now that you probably have to decide if you're going to turn left or turn right or i guess you could still go down the middle of the road yeah. society is asking him to make a decision and turn left or turn right but we were talking about this this morning on our show because if you move in with somebody then the next step is marriage and then after marriage it's a baby it's like this script in life that we're all supposed to follow mm-hmm. maybe there's not supposed to be a script society gave us this script i don't know if it's like yeah like i kind of agree with you that i don't think that there is a script for say like you don't have to follow the rules per se but i feel says, like says sorry says the person who's married with a kid more <laughs> Yeah, but I made a mistake the first time I did it because I was following those steps, those logical steps. You made the mistake because you uh, married someone that you weren't in love with to uh, an extent that you should marry them. It wasn't the marriage that was the mistake. It was the person that you decided to marry that was the mistake. But yeah, I felt pressured to make decisions based on my age. Yeah, but you still on... you still fell into that same thing that a lot of us fall into, which is that... Uh, Life's natural course of events. You right. know what I mean? It just, you had a bit of a roadblock on the way to going down that same path that I went down. And Bundes inevitably will too, I think. For me, I always have this like gnawing thing in the back of my head that like I'm not doing something that I should be doing. And I don't, I don't necessarily mean like in a relationship or marriage or children, but I just mean some kind of greater purpose where like I feel like my life or at least this stage of my life hasn't quite been complete le- yet. Like there's mm. something more I still need to accomplish before I could go to that next step. Mm. And I'm always struggling to figure out what it is. Yeah. And I wonder if something like that would help kind of open my eyes up to what that that final thing is that I need to accomplish or need to go see or do. Okay, crowdfunding campaign. <laughs> Let's get send Bundes to, to Peru. Peru so he can go shit his pants <laughs> and barf his way to enlightenment. You know, enough of these fancy trips to Monaco <laughs> yeah. where yeah. you can pick up women or Miami. It's time for you to go to Peru and find yourself, Bundes. How much did you spend on that Miami trip? Where you went for a long weekend with your buddies and you guys went all out, like from beginning to end, bottle service, the uh, works. I think it was like three grand each for three days. 
So $1,000 a day. Pretty much. God, that would be, you'd think that'd be close to a trip to uh, Peru. That's not including the flight, by the way. Okay. Oh, okay. That's just spending money while you're down there? That's just like the amount that we spent on at bars and restaurants and stuff. Thousand bucks a day. You guys lived it up. That was a good time, guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or Zepbound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh, speaking of Bundus, uh, this made me laugh. So um, Netflix just announced that uh, one of their shows just set the record for the most watched scripted, scripted limited series mm. to date. I saw this too and thought of Bundus immediately. Yeah. That show, The Queen's Gambit, a show that <laughs> stupid re- chess show re- refuses to watch, even though it has a one hundred percent approval rating or tomato uh, rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So you're saying that that show has now beat? I mean, what, what- it set the record as the most watched scripted limited series to date on Netflix? Sixty two million member accounts tuned in uh, to the show in the first twenty eight days. Now. Netflix has like a pretty loosey-goosey way of reporting um, views. Mm -hmm. So basically, as long as you watch two minutes, at least two minutes of the show, then that counts as the part of the 62 million. But they haven't, all that really matters is that they haven't had a scripted uh, limited series that has had this much attention ever to date. So does that mean when you say scripted limited series, there's not going to be a season two? Uh no, it just means like the uh, the Tiger King, for example, would be in a different category. Right. But what about House of Cards? Because that was a Netflix production. Yeah. Is that considered a scripted limited? Oh. Or is that considered just a scripted, a scripted series. series? Because that would be the one I think it would be up against, like as far as who it dethrones. Well, how does, it, does that compare to this? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I got to agree. I can't see how this Queen's Gambit show, I've heard no buzz about it, like, you know, except for like on the show you guys talking about it. Yeah. House of Cards, everybody was talking about That's that true. show. Not it was winning first. awards. Not at first. What are you talking about? It took a while for that show to take off. This show's only been around for uh, a month. Not to mention the amount of more Netflix subscribers there are also, versus 2013 when, yeah. when it came out. Kevin Spacey and Jenny from Forrest Gump, a.k.a. Remind me uh, of her name. I'm not blanking on her name. Her. Right, Robin Wright. Robin Wright. We're established known actors. And I know that the woman who plays uh, chess master, uh, what the hell's her name on the show? I don't even remember now. Uh, but anyway, the woman who stars in The Queen's Gambit hasn't been in a lot of like big name stuff. Certainly not the kind of... Uh, Status that Kevin Spacey had, yeah, back in his like moments of not, you know, before everyone found out he was a creep. I auditioned to be in a movie with Kevin Spacey, and I I remember reading the 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 description of the movie Mm -hmm. and being like, "This looks like shit." And then I saw, oh, Kevin Spacey agreed to be in it. It was a movie with like talking cats. And he was like the lead voice of the cat. Oh, God. Yeah. I was like, let me see if it comes up. Kevin Spacey. Cat movie? Uh, cat. 
that. It's amazing how a movie. I mean, that's what happens, right? Someone you know and like to watch is it's in called, something. You yeah. you give it a chance. Nine lives. Oh. <laughs> yeah. What's the Rotten Tomatoes on a score uh, on that? Rotten Tomato. Oh, people seem to like it. Yeah. Uh, eighty-seven percent liked this film. Oh, IMD Rotten Tomatoes fourteen percent. Never, yeah, there never you go. mind. Fourteen percent. That's right up Bundes's alley. He doesn't yeah. like to watch anything that's r- well reviewed. Hey, man, if Fast and the Furious usually gets like a thirty percent of Rotten Tomatoes, that's my kind of jam. You say that, but I look at Fast and Furious movies and how they've rated on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Furious 7, mm-hmm. 82%. Holy oh. crap. Furious 7, that's the last one with Paul Walker, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Go to Furious 6. Furious 6, <laughs> Fast and Furious 6, 71%. Okay. Fast 5 was 77%. Now they're doing pretty so good. They, they didn't start like super strong, but they definitely got better. I think they probably had more money to hire better writers and come up with better storylines. Story right. No, but also the people who are seeing Furious 6 are people who love that kind of movie. No, but you don't the, just the, walk into Furious 6. Mora, the tomato meter is based on critics. The audience score is something completely different. Mm-hmm. So you got critics on the, these are the critics numbers. So like Furious 7, which has 82% on the Rotten Tomato meter, uh, 82% audience score. So it's pretty split, pretty good, pretty even. Mm. Uh, I wonder if it's the same way with all of them. What about Fast Five? Do we think <laughs> Fast Five? <laughs> Do you even, could you even like tell the difference? What yeah. did the first one get? Fast Five is in uh, Brazil. Okay, Fast Five was 77% on the tomato meter, 83% audience score. Like these are movies you would imagine the audience score would be much greater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was your favorite version of that movie, Bundes? I, I love the original. The oh. original holds a place in my heart. Okay, so what did the original get? That was from 2001. Hard to believe these movies have been around for almost 20 years. Uh, 53% rotten uh-huh. uh, on the tomato meter, but audience score 74%. The original is like a cult classic, and it's so different from what they've become now. They're like blockbuster action movies now. Totally. The first one was about an undercover cop who infiltrated a street racing ring, who and they were stealing like DVD players off the back of trucks with like these blacked out Honda Civics. It's like <laughs> it was about street racing culture. It had uh, nothing to do with like The Rock holding an heli- helicopter down with his bare arms and like you know the latest one. It was a kind of like a cheesy cop, you know. Yeah. Right thing, and mm. then Paul Walker realizes these people are actually not what they appear to be, and he joins their ranks. Yeah, because about the familia, right? Yeah, what? yeah, yeah. Because he's like, yeah, he's received a sense of family that he didn't have anywhere else in his life. Gotcha. Finally, had brothers and sisters. Great yeah, Great oh, Queen's Gambit, 100%. On you know, the he won't give it a chance. 96% audience score. He won't give it a chance. I think you would like it again, just for that Russian vibe. And also mm. for the fashion. I think you'll appreciate the fashion. I, I did actually just watch the trailer. Um, and it it looks like it's shot well and it's like dramatic and mysterious. And what's up with this girl? She's going crazy. She's taking like psych, like uh, pills mm. for her. Psych- like, there could be something interesting there. Mm. But I feel like the chess angle is like, oh, you know, like, why isn't it Cold War? That's like with the Russian and the British. And like, I, I, I wanted MI6. That's what it sold me. I want to read the description <laughs> of the Cold War. Like yeah. MI6 versus KGB. Like, what's going on here? But no, it's chess. It's not a spy it's drama. Chess. You know yeah. what will blow your mind? 
uh, is one of the main actors in it. Well, he was like a, I guess he would be, I don't know, a supporting actor mm-hmm. in The Queen's Gambit. He played Benny. You know, he was like the cool chess player with the oh, with the hat and the long leather jacket. Yes. Do you know who that guy is? I do. Do you? Yeah, he's the kid from Love Actually. Yeah, he's, he's like Liam Neeson's son from Love Actually who learned to play the drums to impress the uh, girl. He looks... Exactly, exactly the same. The same, but in man form. That's the most shocking thing because you see him and you're like, I know this actor. How do I know him? And it made me realize, like, that's a hard thing for child actors to shake. Is the vision we have of them when they're a kid, and then when we see them growing up, there's something always weird about it. Yeah, because he doesn't really look grown up in many ways. But I think it's because I remember him. As a child. Do you know how old he is? And 20? I, I, I don't know if he has something like uh, like some sort of health issue that keeps him extra young looking, but he looks super young in to me, The he Queen's looks Gambit. 20 years old. He's 30 years old. He was born in 1990. Really? Yeah. Yeah, like just his character, the way they age him, like with the, the hat and the outfit. I mean, he kind of, he plays like that guy who would carry his cell phone on a clip. Yes. You know, he's got little gadgets, but also wants to be cool, Cool. but he's like the cool nerdy guy. He's Indiana Jones of chess. Yeah, yeah. That's how I would describe him. Oh, yeah. And he did a good job in that role, too, I would say. I wonder if he was like 20 when Love Actually came out. (laughs) He was so cute in that movie. Let's see. He would have been about, uh, the movie came out in 2003. So if he was born in 1990, he was probably about 11 when they filmed it, 11 or 12, because they would have filmed it almost a year before it hit theaters. Well, that's the interesting thing about child actors, too, is I think that they, you get somebody that mentally is at 11 or 12, but he may have looked like an eight-year-old, right? Yeah, he yeah. looked younger than he was. So it's that's still the case to this day, I would say. Mm. Oh, well. Queen's Gambit. You guys want to do a what's up? I got I got some stories for you. Got a story? I do I. All right, let's do one. Let's do one right here. Hey, yo, what's up? What's up, y'all? Hey. What's up? What's up? With Tucker and Mora. What's up? What's up? If you're over the age of 45 and you're having sex, you should know that people over the age of 45 have a much higher risk of catching STIs than ever before. If you're talking to people who are older than 45, yes. we should tell them that an STI is essentially an STD. <laughs> they just rebranded they, it. They it re-branded was a rebranding. It. It's actually transmitted, transmitted infection instead of disease. Yeah. And you know, this is a lot to do with stigma. So maybe that was the right thing to do because they researchers say it's because society is unwilling to talk about older people having sex in an open manner. And they warn that older people are unaware of the dangers of unprotected sex. May, many of them barely consider the possibility of catching an STI. And these are people... So it's not that they're more predisposed to get it because they're older. It's no. just that they're taking risks that young just, people are not taking. Young people today are more educated about STIs. They're more cautious. Older people who maybe have been married for 20 years, now all of a sudden finding themselves single at the age of 45, back out into the dating pool. Mm -hmm. They don't have the knowledge that younger people do. Um, Do you think when when 55-year-olds hook up with each other, say two single Mm 55-year-olds, they hook up, all right? It's a new relationship. Yeah. Are they they banging like 25-year-olds who hook up? (laughs) 
Like, you know, that whole... I, Tucker, you know, these are things that never come into my head. Never do I sit there and go, hmm, yeah, but do 55-year-olds hit it doggy, or is it just missionary? Yeah, but the, the thing is, is that I don't think about it a lot either, but when I hear a story like this, it makes me think of just, you know, people who are single in their 50s that are hooking up, and... Di- do uh i mean i've been married forever yeah. since i was like two years old it feels like mm-hmm. so i don't know that what it's like to have a new relationship but i do remember when you are in a new relationship you have a lot more sex than you do when you've been married 10 years i think it's the same thing you know i uh, my sister is a lot older than me she's 16 years older than me and um she had some friends who went through a divorce And I remember one of them was in a new relationship and the stuff they were saying to each other. I mean, he was going down on her for sure all the time. Yeah, but like four times in a day, I wonder. (laughs) I don't know about that, but why not? The stamina can't be the same, even if it's new and it's invigorating and it's all like exciting to be with somebody new. Honestly, I, I, I bet it is, man. Like when you first meet somebody, if you're like crazy in love and you're super attracted to them and it's the first like, you know, couple months of getting to know somebody. Yeah. You're into it, man. You're down for whatever. And let's imagine you've been locked down in a marriage for 20 years and now add that into the picture. Yeah, you got and now you're fire. free. Now you're free. Like, yeah. holy, you're doing moves you've never seen. <laughs> You're doing stuff you haven't brought out of the trunk for years. Trunk. Yeah. Uh, All your favorite moves are back in the game. You're pulling out that old book and rereading it <laughs> to learn all the things you used to do. Relearn them, I guess. So it's very common if you're over the age of 45 and you're back in the saddle mm-hmm. to not use protection. And a lot of the people that participated in this study said, you know, I don't need protection. I'm in I'm now in a new monogamous exclusive to one person relationship and I'm not getting pregnant. I you know, it's not happening. Uh, My partner that I'm sleeping with has a vasectomy or something like that. But the issue is, is that they're not even thinking about STIs. So they're spreading them more often. It's not even on the table because they think pregnancy is the thing instead of thinking about STIs. And it's shame and it's stigma that has a lot to do with that. So, you know, I remember moving to Montreal from Guelph and I was not sexually active until I moved to university. And I remember a girlfriend being in the car with me and she's like, are you wearing a condom? And I'm like, nah, you know, or I, I, somehow I was casual about it. She was like, Mora, I have herpes. You have to wear a condom. And I'm like, what? Like, I came from a town where I thought herpes didn't even exist. But it's like, you're, I mean, when she says you have to wear a condom, meaning like you have to make sure She's the like, guy you're with safe. has one. Yeah. She's like, you got to be safe. Like, always, like, I'm like, oh, I come from golf. There's no STIs, blah, blah, blah. She's like, you have no idea how many STIs are in that little city you come from. And I'm so thankful for her for being super honest with me. You know, she's like, lots of people have herpes, just so you know. They're everywhere. And that's why I'm so frank about it, too. And I'm so thankful that she was a friend of mine right out of the gate in university and told me that early on. In so my, that became your rule. That became my rule. Like, and I held her up on a pedestal as being this amazing, perfect person. And, you know, she had high standards for the guys that she was with. How did that happen? Well, it happens all the time. So I think that 
it's really important to be open with each other about that and, you know, break down that stigma. Bundes, how long do you have to be with a woman before you get tested? Oh, God. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I get it checked out on the regular every once in a while, you know? It's like mm. an oil change for you? Yeah, you know. Just, <laughs> every just, three to six months, depending on how much you've been driving. Just make Get the sure fluids checked. Everything is good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah? Uh, oh, yeah, you, you got to. But do I, you do that to your GP or do you uh, go to like a clinic? Uh, I hate my family doctor. My family doctor was so amazing and then she retired and then I got some new one and is just, she, she's a tool. She has no idea what she's doing. Oh, so I, I, I went to her once and I've never gone back. So I just go to like walk-in clinics normally now. Mm. And you say, just give me your workup. Yeah. And they're like, what do you want? And you're like, I want the 24 point inspection. Swab that bad boy. <laughs> the 24 point inspection. Yes. Yeah. Don't chintz out. I want everything tested. Yeah. They're not, I, they're not still doing the swab though, are they? I, I didn't get swabbed last time. No. But um, the last time I, okay. So the last time I had it, this is what happened. I start. I met this girl, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like head over heels and like love with this girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was my last girlfriend uh, that I dated for about two years. But she was playing hard to get with me, right? Yeah. So nothing was serious. Um, but I was dating her regularly and we hadn't slept together yet. I go to a party with another girlfriend of mine and this British girl is there. And she kind of looks like Kara, uh, what's her name? De- Devil. Oh, uh, Devangeline or whatever. Yeah. She looks like that, right? Yeah. She's got the British accent. She's Rocket. So wait, this is a different girl. This is a different girl. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I've been in see, love with I'm in love. With, I'm in love with this one girl. Yeah. Uh, but now another beauty comes your way, <laughs> and uh, you, you know. So, so I'm at this party. This girl's uh, hitting on me. She's got the British accent. I'm like sold. I end up sleeping with this girl. Yeah. Right? I have a great night with her. Next day, the girl I'm in love with texts me and wants me to come over. Uh-oh. I'm like, it's finally going to happen. I'm going to finally sleep with this girl now. Yeah. And I'm like, what do I do? But I felt like it was way too easy to get the British girl. And I'm like, I should probably get checked. Because if I go and sleep with the girl with I love and I ended up getting something to give it to her, like. You'd feel awful. I felt awful. So I had to, you know, come up with an excuse of why I couldn't go <laughs> to see the girl I was crazy about and wanted to hook uh... up with. Go get tested. Make sure everything was good. Mm. And then once I got the okay proceeded on so the moral of the story <laughs> i'm trying to, I'm trying to bring it all home yeah, here. it seemed to work is out if, perfectly if, in if, his if favor at first you're in love with a girl and she's playing hard to get bang somebody else in between just <laughs> make sure she comes around and then at some you point stall. get checked yeah, uh, yeah, 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 you know yeah. so you essentially yeah. had to get you got to have sex with both of them but it was perfect, safe perfect bonus wins again <laughs> yeah that's perfect buddy that's a perfect win for you. Oh. <laughs> Bundes wins again. Have oh. you guys ever got the AIDS test before? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Do they still do it? I haven't. It's been a long time for me, but where they're like, okay, we will call you with the results. But before you leave today, is there anyone, if they come, if it comes back positive, that you would like us to call on your behalf? And then you like go through, oh, because they'll even call your mom for you if they, if you want. Yeah. And I just remember, because they actually put you through the spot where, man, you're now thinking like, geez, if I have this, here's the people I want you to call. Here's the things I need you to do. So you're actually going through the steps as if you have it. It's pretty like. Yeah, it's heavy. It's I, heavy. I, uh, 
I mean, I, I do remember going, like when I lived in Rosetown, Saskatchewan, mm-hmm. I drove to Saskatoon to go get tested for everything. Yeah. And uh, I think you were supposed to go back for the results. Oh. Like they wanted you to be there in person. Oh. But because mine were negative and they knew I was like an hour and a half away, they called me and said, you know, normally we'd invite you in here, but it's all fine. Don't worry about it. Oh. Don't bother coming back in. And then when I did it with Deb, like just when we started dating, I went and had the full workup. That's where I had the swab incident. Mm. You know, they didn't tell me to keep my first urine of the day locked and loaded, ready to go. Are you supposed to do that? Well, they said to me, you can either get a swab or you can provide a urine sample. Well, guess which road I would go down a hundred (laughs) times out of a (laughs) hundred. urine sample but I'd literally just gone to the bathroom before leaving to go for this appointment so I stood in the bathroom of this doctor's office with this little cup trying to like get anything to come out and it just wasn't happening and uh, I went back in I'm like I couldn't get a sample not even a dribble not enough no and I said how bad is it and they're like it's not so bad well trust me in hindsight uh, I would have much rather not gone to the bathroom before the appointment and done it that way i was just like chug a gulp of like a, like yes. a bottle of water man. uh because i just i wanted to get it over with i wanted to get out of there you know i'd already waited in the waiting room uh, i'm in yeah, there yeah, yeah, just yeah, like yeah, yeah, get yeah. it done fine yeah swab it was like you know uh, like it, it was uncomfortable didn't enjoy the experience at all but it was over with fairly quick mm-hmm. and it's a nice reminder of how annoying it can be to be single yeah. And have to get that kind of stuff done. I don't miss that. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. I hate doing it. But you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to do it. So you can have your fun, but Right? I love these challenging times in Bundes' life romantically when he's like getting... <laughs> <laughs> he's getting laid still. He still gets laid. He still picks up hot chicks while he's waiting for the other hot chicks to come around right. his it's way. It's just a juggling act, yeah. really. Like, how do I do all this at once? Ah! Oh, man. Yeah, you should have... It felt like seeing the guilt on my face when I woke up the next morning and I saw a text message from that one girl I was in love yeah. with. It's like, why don't you come over tonight? And I got this other hot chick next to me naked in bed. I'm like, oh my God, I feel horrible. Yeah, but it all worked out. Yeah. It all worked out. It worked out. <laughs> Thanks for checking out the podcast. Don't forget, radio show every Monday to Friday, 5.30 till 9 on Energy 95.3. You can stream that on the Radio Player Canada app. See you.